Welcome to Loud in Tech, where we discuss the latest tech news. Today's topics include maps distorting our perception, the unexpected downsides of UUID keys, and Discord's new monetization feature. Stay tuned. Before we dive back into more tech goodness, let's give a shout out to our fantastic sponsors and my personal favorite software in the entire universe, Mason. Picture this, a world where a solo founder can take on an e-commerce giant. Sounds like a superhero movie, right? Well, meet Mason. This AI shopping co-pilot is here to save the day. Mason swoops in to guide shoppers as they shop, making sure they find exactly what they're looking for. Did I mention it's like having a secret weapon against the Amazon tax? Oh, yeah. Mason will help you break free and skyrocket your sales. Head over to Get Mason to join the revolution. That's GetMason.io. In this segment, we talk about tech news. Hey, techies. Do you know that maps can distort our perception of the world? Thomas Pueyo's article highlights this very fact. Due to maps being a 2D projection of the 3D world, they can cause countries closer to the equator to appear smaller. So Africa, for example, looks smaller than it really is. Ain't that crazy? Pueyo questions the use of such maps and explores if there are better alternatives available. Maybe we need to start using 3D maps now. What do you think? Designers and developers love building and creating, but they don't always love working together. And if you've ever struggled with design handoff, you know that developer-designer communication can be a challenge. But that struggle is now a thing of the past, thanks to Figma, as they've launched a new feature called Dev Mode. The mode leverages tools developers use frequently and allows them to function more efficiently. With Dev Mode, developers can access essential design information, such as prototypes, context from design systems, measurements, specs, and assets simplifying designer-developer collaborations. Now it's easier than ever before to link designs to GitHub, Jira, Linear, and Storybook, as codes in dev mode are entirely customizable. The best part? Figma is offering dev mode for free to all users for the rest of 2023. So there's never been a better time to use Figma. The internet can be a mysterious place sometimes, but James Stanley's recent experience takes the cake. Three DMCA takedown emails claiming copyright infringement on his website, hardbin.com, arrived in quick succession. However, after checking the URLs mentioned, James realized none of them were ever accessed, and most of them were downright cringeworthy. Are we talking a case of mistaken identity? Nope, James believes they were fraudulent. But here's the kicker. The DMCA doesn't seem to have provisions to penalize such fake claims. To add fuel to the fire, similar cases were documented on a GitHub repository with DMCA takedowns usually being from someone called Gareth Young. The internet sure is a strange place. One day, you're dodging vicious hackers. The next, fraudulent DMCA takedown notifications. The jury is still out on what can be done about it. But for now, let's be thankful that nothing more serious happened. Stay tuned for more bizarre updates on the tech world. A developer has found that the Svelte and Svelte kit has been an interesting experience when building a news website. With the need for a custom CMS and SSR, Svelte was the perfect choice due to its productivity, simplicity, and easy integration with vanilla libraries. 
They were able to handle 3 billion requests in the last 12 months. Svelte provided daily productivity boosts and had a simple learning curve. However, the developer also faced some challenges, including lack of Svelte-specific libraries and reactive declarations and statements. The developer also felt that Svelte lacks public engagement, but sees it as a valuable tool for future projects that align with its strengths. Techies buckle up. It turns out while UUED keys and PostgreSQL have benefits, they have several drawbacks as well. For example, B-tree indexes on UUED values are built in lexicographic order, causing recently inserted rows to be scattered and requiring the entire index to be cached. This is not the case with sequential primary keys. But don't worry, the solution is to use the UUID v7, which is a soon-to-be standardized sequential variant of UUID. Go ahead and make your data locality better today. Hey there, techies. Listen up because I have some juicy news for you. The Ruby Hacking Guide, a comprehensive resource for programmers interested in the popular Ruby programming language, is out. Divided into four parts, the guide covers topics such as objects, classes and modules, garbage collection, syntax analysis, and evaluation. And guess what? It even includes information on the future of Ruby. This guide is currently being translated into English and includes a support site with a ton of useful resources and tools for downloading. Plus, it's licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 2 5 License. So what are you waiting for? Go check it out and start writing some amazing Ruby code today. Autonomous code writing just got easier for high school students, thanks to the introduction of coroutines in programming languages. The popular FIRST Robotics competition has been a place for these students to showcase their coding skills, but the challenge of programming autonomous codes has been a constant roadblock. That is, until coroutines made it easier. These smart and savvy codes are versatile alternatives to state machines and commands. They make coding simpler and more fun for students. The author, who previously used a command system, sings praises about using coroutines in robotics programming. So to all the budding coders out there, keep on learning and don't hesitate to take advantage of the helpful tips from your teachers. Hey folks, hold your breath. Remember that AI lab co-founded by Elon Musk? Yes, OpenAI. It publicly advocates for stronger AI regulation. But what's the truth? Time got hold of some documents where OpenAI is seen lobbying for the watering down of significant portions of EU's AI Act. Wait, it's not the end yet. The team proposed amendments that were made to the final text of the regulation. What was that? That general-purpose AI systems should not be considered inherently high-risk. What it? Yes, you heard it right. Looking at its previous reputation, it was unexpected. And do you know what? Google and Microsoft have done this earlier, too. Lobbying EU officials to loosen the regulatory burden on large AI providers. Oh my my, what's the world coming to? Uh-oh, looks like someone's in trouble. The CNIL, the French Data Protection Authority, has slapped an e-scooter company with a sanction for using Google reCAPTCHA without properly informing visitors or asking for their consent. Apparently, the reCAPTCHA cookies collects all sorts of information about the user's device and browser and then sends it over to Google's servers. Bad news? This violates EU data protection laws. And yikes, it's not just the e-scooter company. Other app and website operators have also been found to be using reCAPTCHA illegally. 
although Google is not exactly responsible for how these websites' owners use reCAPTCHA. But even with consent, using reCAPTCHA might not be GDPR compliant because of the transfer of personal data to Google, a U.S. company. Hey there, tech enthusiasts. Today we have a super cool and innovative technique to share with you all called tree ring watermarking. This technique is used for tracing copyright and preventing harm from AI-generated content. So what does it do? It fingerprints robustly diffusion model outputs and embeds a pattern into the initial noise vector used for sampling and then identifies the watermark signal by inverting the diffusion process after image generation, which retrieves the noise vector checked for the embedded signal. Phew, that was a mouthful. The best part? Unlike existing methods, tree ring watermarks subtly influences the entire sampling process, resulting in a model fingerprint that is invisible to humans. So no more fretting over pesky copyright issues. And wait, here's the cherry on top. The code's available on this URL. Exciting times in the tech world, folks. Jeff Geerling shared his experience of installing TrueNAS on his Assuster NAS that doesn't support ZFS. He backed up the original ADM system and disabled the eMMC drive for safekeeping and installed TrueNAS on an external USB drive. After completing the installation process, he accessed the web UI to complete the initialization. A SoStore allows other OSEs to be installed on their NASes, but doesn't offer technical support for such installations. Stay tuned for Jeff's upcoming video exploring how TrueNAS performs on his Asuster Net. So, you want to build a one-person business. Here are some tips to avoid some of the biggest mistakes. First, avoid businesses that rely on a massive number of users or network effects. It's tough to build a network from scratch, and it's unlikely that you'll be the next Facebook. Second, don't go too low on pricing, or you'll never turn a profit. Third, target businesses instead of consumers, because businesses are willing to spend money on things that will help them grow. And lastly, Try to focus on smaller niche markets instead of huge markets with lots of competition. So go ahead and follow these tips, and you'll be on your way to building a successful one-person business. The GCC Steering Committee responsible for the Open Source Compiler Project has adopted a code of conduct, COSI. Oh wait, don't worry, it's not some kind of secret code language that only tech wizards can decipher. The COC just stands for Code of Conduct, and it promotes civil discussion and encourages community members to be respectful, patient, and considerate of each other. The committee hopes that this KOC will make it clear what is expected of everyone and encourage people to report offensive behavior that isn't corrected immediately. The GCEC Code of Conduct is still in draft format, so we'll have to wait and see what changes come as they finalize things. But in the meantime, let's all pledge to be respectful, patient, and considerate, not just in our tech projects, but in our everyday lives, too. This segment is about security advisory. Hey there, SecureDrop users. Have you updated your Lux encrypted USB drives to Lucas 2? No? Well, you should. A security advisory recommends that you do so and replace those short passphrases with stronger, harder ones. The new encryption method has a stronger password hashing function, which makes it even harder for brute force attacks to get through. And don't forget to back up all your drives and upgrade all Tails USB drives to version 5.14 while you're at it. Upgrading your passphrase for non-Tails USB drives is easy-peasy with the disk's utility. 
Stay safe out there, folks. This segment is about business and monetization. Discord, the popular communication app, is about to open the monetization floodgates. New features include tiered subscriptions, digital add-ons, and server stores offering all sorts of goodies. But Discord's new monetization strategy is not without risks. Some are concerned about paywalls, while others worry that these changes might drive small communities away. Discord aims to strike a balance, allowing moderators to charge for content while empowering them with new tools to manage these payments. As Discord gains market share, it's only natural that the freebies users have come to expect will soon come with a price tag. So start saving your pennies, folks, because things are about to get really interesting. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Loud in Tech. Stay tuned for our next show, where we bring you more interesting tech and culture stories. Until then, keep exploring. <laughs>